Stand with me, if you will, as we read from God's Word. This is the book of 1 Corinthians. We are in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you happen to have your Bible, you can turn there. If you don't have your Bible with you, perhaps you have it on a phone or tablet device that you have, you can feel free to look it up there. If you don't have either of those, we do have pews in the Bible in front of you. And if you'll turn to page 1323, we'll be in the right column. The 12 is bolded for you so you can find it quickly. That's the place to be, 1323 in the pew Bibles. This is God's word. And if you let it, it will change your life. 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 12. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. And we are found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Pray with me. Father, if Christ is not raised from the dead, then we are in a bad, bad situation. Thank God Christ has been raised. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This morning, we're going to consider the question, why does Easter matter? Why does Easter matter? I choose this question because oftentimes, especially on Easter Sunday, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a tendency to want to go snorkeling. You ever been snorkeling? I haven't really been snorkeling. I look forward to a time to go snorkeling when, when I can get out into the water with a snorkel, just look down and see some beautiful sights and not have to go very far, not have to really dive down deep, but just get to see some beautiful things in the water. I, I, I just think it would be a lot of fun to go snorkeling. But the problem is that when it comes to Easter Sunday, we like to go snorkeling. We like to talk about the fact that Jesus is raised from the dead. We'll talk a little bit about the story, and then we'll kind of look for, okay, what are some practical things that can help me in my daily life? You know what? How does this help me deal with relationship issues? How does this help me deal with all kinds of other stuff? And there's nothing wrong with that. Applying the resurrection to Christ into daily life is a good thing. The problem is that we don't tend to want to go deeper. We want to stay on that surface level where the snorkel is enough to get us air. So this morning, we're going to go deep. I hope you brought your oxygen tanks and your scuba gear because we're going to go deep sea diving. I, 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 Easter is not about the candy and the goodie baskets from the Easter bunny. The Easter Bunny spent two hours in Walmart last night trying to get together Easter baskets. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not about the bunny. It's about the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Think about that for a second. We are in this holiday celebrating the fact that a guy was dead and then wasn't dead anymore. Have you forgotten that's what resurrection means? I, I, t I have forgotten that for a while. I had to stop and think about it. The fact that we, we believe that a man, more than a man, but we'll, we'll get to that later. A man lived, died, and then came back to life. Maybe in our rush 
maybe in our desire to simplify things so that the kids can understand. Maybe in our desire to fit it on a nice little card or up on a wall somewhere, we have forgotten what resurrection actually means. Here is a guy that has no pulse, no brain activity, no heartbeat, no breath, no life, and then he's suddenly alive. That's what we're claiming when we claim Christ was raised from the dead. We are claiming that somebody was dead and then wasn't dead anymore. Never to die again. Friday he was crucified. Sunday there's a vacancy sign on the tomb. If that's, if that's true, that ought to have profound implications on, well, everything, right? If, if that's really what happened then that ought to make a such an impact that it's not just about how does this help me with this relationship problem. It ought to go a lot deeper than that. It ought to do more than just drive some book sales. It ought to do more than just give us something inspirational to get us through a tough time. It ought to radically change who we are. It'd be something worth investigating for sure, something worth following. But what if it didn't happen? What if Jesus had not been raised? What if he was still in that tomb? That's kind of the question that Paul's dealing with in 1 Corinthians 15. There are some in this church that are teaching that the dead are not raised. Oh yeah, they would say Christ was raised, but, but we're not raised. I mean, we've already been given the life, that new life. So there's nothing else for us to look forward to. You know, sometimes the best way to see how important something is is to take it away and then figure out what would be different. That's kind of the story of It's a Wonderful Life. Now, I know I got the wrong holiday. That's the Christmas movie, right? But follow me here. There's this guy named George Bailey. He is about to commit suicide. Happens upon this angel named Clarence who, who begins to show him what life would look like for all of the people George cares about if he had never been born. If you weren't around, what would life be like for your wife and your kids and, and, and those you work with, everybody else? And one of, the, one of the best classic movie quotes, Clarence says to George, strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. When he isn't around, he leaves an awful hole, doesn't he? That's what Paul's doing here. He's saying, let's take out the resurrection of Christ and let's see the hole that would be left behind him. Man, what a hole it is. Look in verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Vain. It's a word that means empty. Think about, you go to the store, your kid, and you see it on the shelf. It's huge chocolate bunny just sitting there. Looks all perfect in that package. Man, you get excited. Mom, I want that. Dad, I want that. You're thinking, this is this is the mother load of chocolate right here. I mean, this is it right here. So you beg mom, please buy that for me. Please buy that for me. Some of you probably got a lot of no's on that one. But picture you get a yes and you get that bunny home and you take that first bite only to realize that it's empty. It's just a shell of chocolate. There's nothing on the inside. Man, it make you so mad, you want to fight somebody. I want my money back. I paid for chocolate. All I'm getting is air. Welcome to, welcome to the real world. That's what this word means. 
Your faith is nothing but a shell if Christ is not risen from the grave. And I got to be honest with you, a shell of a faith is probably worse than no faith at all. Think about it. Christ isn't risen. What are you going to put your faith in? What's going to fill out that faith of yours? Yourself? (laughs) Yeah, that ain't going to work. We screw up. Amen. Sometimes royally screw up. I know I do. We don't get things right very much. Sometimes sometimes we get it right, but we have the wrong motivation behind it. And so it's all tainted by that. We're only doing it because of our pride. We're only doing it to get ahead. We're only doing it for for some sort of benefit for ourselves. We're only doing what's right because we have to, because mama's dragging me by the ear, or because I really need this job, and if I don't do it, I'm going to get fired. Faith in ourselves is obviously misplaced. So where are we going to put it? Others? Well, they have the same problem we do. So where can we put it? Well, obviously, there's only one place you can put faith like that, right? And that's God, right? But we run into a problem. Verse 15, we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testify about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it's true that the dead are not raised. So follow the logic here. If Christ isn't raised from the dead, we said that he is risen from the dead. In fact, we said that God raised him from the dead. That makes us liars. Not only not only are we misrepresenting God, but they, there's an implication kind of hidden in this because didn't God say he would rise Christ? Didn't God say in Psalm chapter 16, verse 8 and following, didn't he say, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. Didn't God say, I'm not going to let my Holy One see corruption. Now he's speaking through David, but he's the author of this book. Make no mistake, a lot of men, a lot of scribes, a lot of uh, of compilers and editors, and and a lot of people had their hands in this book. But it was ultimately God who was directing every word on every page. So we have God's word saying, my Holy One will not see corruption. That word corruption, by the way, means uh, decay from death. So I'm not going to let him decay. And yet if Christ is not raised, don't you think he'd be decayed by now? Oh yeah, wouldn't be much left. So we got a problem. We got a big problem. Not only are we liars about God, God's a liar. If Christ, well, wait a minute, maybe maybe Christ wasn't Messiah. Well, why are we following him? Shouldn't we be looking for the right one? Oh man, we're in a boat now. We got nothing to put our faith in. It's empty. It's a shell. If Christ is not raised from the dead, we've got nothing, nothing to put faith in. Oh, there's another, there's more. I told you you would need your scuba diving gear. Let's delve the depths even more. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Before he said faith was empty, vain. This time, the word he uses is a little different. It's kind of similar because it still means empty, but it's a different kind of empty. Okay, So vain would be like no filling in the chocolate bunny. Okay? This word, futile, is it's not even made of chocolate. It's made out of brown clay. Now, you talk about you talk about phony. It's not even chocolate? No. You see, we have a faith. If Christ is not raised from the dead, that is not only hollow, it ain't even chocolate. It's a knockoff. 
It's an imitation. It's fake. It's deceit. And even worse than that, instead of being redeemed from our sins, we're still in bondage. Still here doesn't just mean like we're on the same level of bondage. We're in even worse bondage. If Christ is still in that tomb, we're in worse shape than we were before Christ. So we got an empty faith. We're liars about God. We're in worse bondage to sin. Go ahead and check your O2 levels in your tank. Make sure you got plenty because we got far more diving to do. There's more. If Christ is not raised, neither is anyone else, verse 18, then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. The word perish, that's permanent. That ain't, that ain't just, they're dead forever. There's no hope of seeing them again. No hope of one day being reunited with them. If Christ is not raised from the dead, they aren't raised either. They're corpses and nothing more. And, it, you know, that too would prove God's a liar. Because didn't he say, and there, there's a verse that comes to mind. And maybe, maybe you probably never heard of this verse, but, but John 3, 16, you ever heard of that verse? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Everlasting life if you're in the King James. That's okay. But they're both right. Do you see the point here? If Christ is not raised from the dead, there's no hope for any of us. In fact, he goes on to say that. We're getting into the depths now where the light is fading quickly and it's getting real dark in this water. But we still haven't hit the floor because not only, not only are, do we have no hope of resurrection, we have no hope at all. Verse 19, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, 78 years is the average life expectancy in the United States. Women, y'all get a little bit longer. I think y'all get to like 80 or 81 uh, is average. Men, we die off early because, I don't know, I won't get into that. Probably best if I don't. I think probably some women kill their men is, is what it is. Um, but if we've only got hope for 70 or 80 years, man, the only thing we can get is pity. That's the bottom, you know. We're the butt of the joke. If Christ is still dead. If he is not risen, then our empty faith, our misrepresentation of God, who's a liar himself, our knowledge, our worst condition, our, our missing loved ones for all the rest of our lives, this makes us the object of head shakes and two bads from the world around us. So let's look back at our question now. We've taken the resurrection out. We've seen what it would be like without it. Maybe now we can answer it a little bit better. Why does Easter matter? Because our faith, our knowledge and trust in God is based solely and completely on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Either the tomb is empty or our Christianity is. And I'm here to testify to you that Christianity isn't empty. Verse 20, I held out on you. But in fact, Christ has been raised. Okay, let me read that again because... Sometimes when you read something, you realize halfway through that you're reading it wrong. Like you ever read something and it turns out to be a question, but you didn't think it was a question in the first half. And so you got to go reread it a second time because now you know it's a question. This is one of those statements that, that I read wrong the first time. Let me, let me, let me reread it for you. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. That's, that's a little bit better. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're, we're, Christ isn't just a man. He is the man. For as by a man came death, Paul continues, by a man, 
has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Oh, now we see what's really going on. Because since Christ has been raised from the dead, we know in fact that Christ has been raised from the dead. There is more to this life than just pity. There is more to this life than hopelessness. Because Christ is raised from the dead. We have this new Adam, the old Adam, back in the garden. He makes a terrible mistake and he punishes all the rest of humanity because he introduces sin into us. Now we're not, we don't sin just because we're human. We sin because we disobey God. But that tendency, that nature, that, that drive away from God is inbred deep, 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 deep within us right there on that ocean floor beside the hopelessness. And now, because Christ is raised, we don't have to live on that ocean floor. We can begin our descent back up. We've got to be careful, though, because um, we don't want to rise too quickly. You know, you get decompression sickness. So let's take it slow. Christ, as first fruits, he, he demonstrates, he represents, he exemplifies for us that second life that God offers to us. And, and it's offered freely for whoever, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He's risen from the dead, so we can have a faith that's full and complete. We don't have to have an empty faith, a shell of a faith. That chocolate bunny's got Reese's peanut butter on the inside, baby. It's a faith that not only can move mountains, but can withstand those difficulties, those struggles, those thorns in the flesh, those things that... Don't not just bother us, but hold us back. We have a faith that stands as a bulwark against the forces of darkness arrayed against us. Didn't he say the gates of hell will not prevail against his church? That that's that by the way means we're on the attack. Gates don't fight. They're defensive. We have a faith that recognizes that it's not up to our efforts to win the day. God will fight for us, and he has already won the battle. We face sickness and dangers, threats and temptations. Because with a risen Christ, we have a full faith. He's risen from the dead so we can put full confidence that God's words are true. We can put full confidence in the preaching of his word, making sure that the preacher is saying what God has said. But we know that God's words are true because Christ is risen. We can examine the scriptures and find in them the words of life. We can trust that God will fulfill his promises because he's already fulfilled them. And by the way, he's got a 100% success rate. Incredible track record. Oh, we have to be careful because it's so tempting to go fast in this ascent. But that resurrection makes us want to leap from the depths, doesn't it? You see, he's risen from the dead so we can know that we know that we know that we are free from our bondage to sin. Do, do you know that you know that you know? Are you that certain? You can be. The resurrection of Christ proves it. We can look at the work of grace, how, how God liberates our hearts to praise the one who pierced the darkness with his liberating light. We can feel the gracefulness of God opening up our hearts to his love, bidding us to bask in the warmth he gives. We can know what forgiveness is by our own experience and thus give it to other people who don't deserve it and who never will. Because we didn't deserve it, and we never will. But God gave it to us. Oh, the light is beginning to grow. We're getting closer and closer to the service. He's risen from the dead, so we know that we will see our loved ones once more. And then we will have 
We'll have their presence for more than just a little while. We'll have them for more than just a 70 or 80 year period on this earth. We'll have them more than we've ever had them before. For all eternity because of Christ. We will see those who have gone before us and join them and so many others in eternal harmony of praise before the Lord of hosts. Oh, he has risen from the dead. And we are not pitiable with no hope beyond this life, no hope beyond our dying breath. You know, if they only knew the reason for the hope that's within us, the world wouldn't be pitying us. They would be envying us. Because Christ has risen from the dead, we have a full faith, a full confidence, a full freedom, a full future, a full hope. We are made full because the tomb is empty. Christ is risen from the dead. That, that is why Easter matters. Are you full? Not, not food. You can handle that in a little while. Are you full? Do you have that full faith? That full confidence? That full freedom? That full future? That full hope? Has Easter mattered like that to you? Have you put your full trust in the one who is risen from the dead? I'm going to be up here at the front. We're going to sing a song. While we sing, if you need to talk to someone, you need to be made full. I'd love to help you know how to do that. Pray with me. Father, you raised your son from the dead and you didn't just do it just to make us happy. You didn't just do it just because uh, we were in trouble and and you wanted to rescue us from trouble. It's more than that. It's for your glory. You see, you had this plan devised from the beginning of time, long before you created man, long before you set the foundations of the earth. You had already planned out what you were going to do about our sinfulness. How you were going to come to earth, live a perfect life, die a perfect atoning death, and then rise from the grave to prove that you are who you say you are. To prove that we can put full faith in you. So Father, we don't want a chocolate bunny that's empty. Not even chocolate of faith. Father, we don't want to snorkel when you've called us into the depths of your grace your mercy, your life. Father, you do your will in our hearts. We surrender to you because you live. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'll be up here at the front. If you need to talk to someone, you come. If you stand, I think it's 358. 358, because he lives. Stand with us as we sing this invitation. God sent His Son, they called Him Jesus, He came to love, and forgive, He lived and died, to buy my pardon, an empty grave is there to prove my Savior. I can face tomorrow.